So um, talking again with um, Dr. Elaine Middleton, our forensic dentist on our project, and certainly the main reason that Elaine became part of the team was because of his phenomenal experience in um, identifying individuals from their teeth. But what's become equally important is his knowledge of plaster. As a clinical dentist, Alan's worked very extensively with plaster and um, understanding how these casts have been achieved has become a very important part of the project. So um, over to you, Alan. Interestingly, when we started dentistry, we spent a lot of time studying the properties of plaster. And at the time, I must have often thought back to, is this a throwback to kindergarten days and plasticine, perhaps? Or was the uh, relevance of this material disproportionate to the amount of time that we were spending discussing the properties of plaster? So plaster has a number of properties. The size of the particle of the plaster powder is significant in terms of the detail surface of the set plaster and also the hardness of the plaster. The ratio of water to the powder is extremely important and every manufacturer of plaster at whatever level that plaster is made to be used at will have very precise mixing ratios of water to the powder as well as the mixing time and this in turn will control the setting time. Um, the other thing too is that the moment you start pouring the plaster the plaster is contacting a surface that may be porous as in the casts from Pompeii or it may be a less porous um, material such as say a rubber formwork and this will have some influence on how much of the liquid component of the plaster mix is to be absorbed by the surrounding uh, margins of the space we're trying to get the impression or the mould from. So in a rubber mould there'll be very little loss of liquid so the plaster quality will remain fairly constant over the time of the pour whereas in something where you're pouring up against a porous surface that will absorb the liquid rapidly the properties of the plaster, its flowability and the rate at which it sets and the final finish on the surface will vary considerably. It's not as important in a, in a plaster cast of an individual as if you're making a denture to fit against a mould of someone's teeth. The other problems that you have with pouring plaster is the introduction of air into the setting plaster and anybody that's ever made chocolate will know that there is a, it's very hard to avoid getting air bubbles into your chocolate and you have to do various things like shaking and, and vibrating the mould that the chocolate is being poured into um, to get rid of as much of that air bubbles or trapped air as possible. Now obviously with pouring a uh, a cast in Pompeii, we can't shake and rattle the 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 uh, the area that um, we're pouring the material into. 
as well as the air bubbles, as the front of the poured plaster moves through the mould, it is pushing ahead the air that was there prior to the, the plaster being poured in there. Now, in pouring into a, an open-topped area, the air can escape upwards very easily. However, if you're pouring into a fine, detailed um, space that um, has irregular areas, the risk of getting air trapped or locked at the ends of those porosities that you're pouring plaster into um, will result in possible air locks where the plaster can't go because the pressure of the air that's backed up um, stops the plaster flowing and therefore you don't get any impression of the details that you're trying to pour the plaster into because the plaster just doesn't get there.